Hey, marketers, entrepreneurs, coaches, business owners, have you set your goals for 2024 yet? I'm talking business goals, marketing goals, social media goals. How do you expect the digital world will shape your goals and strategies in the coming year? Whether you're looking to revolutionize your business, right? Stay ahead in your career, or maybe just keep up with the rapid pace of digital change. Understanding the upcoming trends is crucial. In today's episode of Strategy Talks, we're diving deep into digital innovation and trends for 2024 with Chris Nair, an expert in the world of digital marketer. Why don't you join us? Let's strategize together. Let's hear it from an expert. Join the conversation, it's informative and free. You and me, let's talk some strategy. Now here's your host, Doreen Moore and Van Dam. And yes, I am here. Strategy Talks is live for season three. Let me introduce you to today's guest, the first guest of 2024. Hi, Krista. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. That's awesome. I'm so glad you're here. And I'm just realizing that we don't have our names up there. So let me see if I can fix that real quick. Um, yeah, there we go. That, that makes it a whole lot better that people know who you are. So um, let me give you a quick rundown of who Krista is. For those of you who are watching live, uh, be sure to leave your questions or comments in the comment section of wherever you're watching uh, Strategy Talks. And if you're listening to this as a podcast, I want to do a special shout out to those of you who listen to us because you are valued as well. So Krista Nair is a digital marketing pioneer and six-time best-selling author. As the CEO of Bootcamp Digital, Krista brings over 20 years of industry experience and has shaped digital strategies for top companies like Meta and Nike. Recognized globally for her expertise, she's a sought-after speaker and the creator of a leading digital marketing certification program. Krista, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. Now, where are you joining us from? I'm on the East Coast. Those that have watched Strategy Talks before know that I'm in Vermont. Where are you located, Krista? Yeah, I'm also on the East Coast. I'm just a whole lot more south than you are. So I'm in sort of Fort Lauderdale, Miami area. Okay, so you're a whole lot warmer than uh, I am. I have snow on the ground. That's awesome. Yeah, so we're going to talk about digital trends and insights for 2024. So if we're talking about what's coming up if we look to 2024 krista what emerging technologies do you think will have the most significant impact on digital marketing strategies and how can businesses then prepare to integrate some of these things that are happening sure so i mean i think the most obvious one we should have a marketing game where you have to drink every time you hear this word this is just coffee but um Every time you hear the word AI, you have to drink, right, these days. But you can't deny the impact that AI is going to have on how we go about our work. And I think there's a lot of noise and hype in the system right now. But the truth is that businesses and individuals using AI will replace those that aren't. So sure, could AI replace jobs? Who knows? 
The truth is, if I asked you to complete something and said, you can't use Google, you're going to struggle with that. AI is the same thing. It's a tool to accelerate your results. And there's countless studies that show that AI improves productivity dramatically. Some studies show up to 60%. And it also increases the quality of outputs. I know I use it a lot just to get new ideas, double check that I'm not missing anything. There's so many ways to use it. So I think from a technology standpoint, AI is going to be one of the big ones. Now, the way it works now is a little clunky, right? So you probably are going to a tool like ChatGPT to use it. And that's why you don't have bigger adoption in people's day-to-day -day work right now. Because people are just creatures of habit, right? If you're telling me, oh, you know, you could have AI check your grammar on something, but I have to copy it, go to ChatGPT, paste it in there. It's just an extra step, right? And it doesn't feel like I'm getting the benefits. It feels like extra work. But what we're seeing is the is AI tools are starting to get integrated into all the tools that you already use. And I think yes. that's what we're going to see this year. Now, as a marketer or a business owner, you have to be somewhat um, purposeful about the tasks AI can do and where it makes sense to use it. I read something that said AI can create a month of social media content in 60 minutes. Like it can, it just won't be good. I, I heard the same thing. I watched, I was curious. So I went down that rabbit hole and I watched somebody do that in two minutes. They basically uh, got uh, 20 or 30 po uh, quotes. They put them in a CSV file or had them uploaded. They uploaded it to Canva, put the files in and made 30 images with quotes. And they said, that's your social media for the month. I mean, yeah, if you don't care if it's good, like it'll be, I mean, yes, <laughs> it can do it, right? I mean, I could write a book in a day, so it will be, it will be good, right? Right. So, yeah. I mean, you, the hype is super high. I remember like Canva AI, when they launched it, I was like, oh, this is going to be so cool. You know, their examples are like, you could be like, oh, make this person's shirt orange. No, it looks like garbage. So right. the hype is really high. I think it'll get there over time, though. Not to the extent that some people are saying. Like, I think it's the hustlers saying, oh, you know, build a month of social content. That's not realistic, but definitely you should be using it. And if you're not, you're going to start to see the impact of that as others eclipse you. So from a technology standpoint, I think there's the AI tool set. And the other part of AI is how AI is integrated in every aspect of digital marketing, right? Email deliverability, social media algorithms, ad delivery, AI is not new in any of these spaces, actually. They've been in them for five plus years, really. But the AI is getting better and smarter is the whole thing. And so in order to get good outputs out of the AI and machine learning and algorithms and everything else, you need to understand your strategy super well. You need to understand how the algorithms work and you need to understand how humans work. And so you still have to do a lot of work for that AI to work hard for you, right? The AI in Facebook right. ads, for example, you know, Facebook's one of our clients. We teach their ad platform for them, but it's incredibly powerful how you can point it and it can get you better results than if you do a lot of the heavy listing yourself. I mean, I've heard from agencies that use the AI to get better results than they did when they put in their own targeting and all that stuff. But you need the right strategy. You need to know your customers super well. So that strategic thinking is important to guide the AI to sort of get the impact that you want from it. Right. And isn't at the end, you need to have a human to sign off on it, right? You still need human eyes on there because 
we we can't trust AI 100%. Even if you're running ads and the ad sets are doing well, you still got to check things over and you got to adjust and you got to analyze. So absolutely. Mm -hmm. I love that what you said about um, it being integrated everywhere. I'm seeing it literally in just about every tool, especially the tools that I paid for, but it's in basically mm -hmm. any tool that I use. And it is making my work as a content creator a lot easier. Um, and so if I don't use it, I'm going to be left behind. And that's really what you were saying. So I, yeah. I love that insight. So how about you know this brings us to data privacy and marketing right so now we have all these increasing concerns new york times is suing OpenAI and microsoft how do you see digital marketers balancing that need for that personalized marketing with respect to consumers privacy um are there any strategies what are you doing at bootcamp to make sure that um this is something that you take care of that you make your clients feel comfortable yeah, so there's two aspects of it, right? One is the sort of um, privacy and copyright issues associated with AI. The other is the uh, consumer demand for privacy, right? Which is somewhat geographic also, like Europeans are much more interested in privacy than Americans, for example. Yes. Um, so, so let me talk about AI first, right? Responsible use of AI is vital. So one of our most popular courses right now is about responsible and ethical use of AI. And the reason that's so important is studies show, I think it's like 60 or 70% of people are using AI for their work, but they are not trained and they don't understand the risks behind it. And so if you think about it, there's a lot of copyright and intellectual property issues. The first is like the New York Times blocking it. What's the data set that's used to train the AI? And is that acceptable use of that material. So it's important to understand the AI tool that you use and what it gets trained on. So for example, right. Adobe's AI, they, because look, Adobe works with creatives and agencies, they can't mess this up. So Adobe's image AI is only trained on images they own the copyright to. And that's to respect the creatives that they work with and probably to keep everyone out of legal trouble. So Knowing that that's how Adobe is training their image AI versus, for example, MidJourney and ChatGPT, they don't have such restrictions on how their AI is trained. Looking at what the training data set is for an AI tool you use is really vital. The second thing I know some of your audience's agencies understanding the copyright issues. So you don't own the copyright to anything you make in AI. No one does. So for me, that's not as a small business, I don't really care. It's a non-issue for me, right? The problem is, though, as an agency, if you're passing work on to clients, you can bet they assume that that is their copyrighted, only they can use it. But the truth is, let's say you made a great image in AI that a client has on their Facebook page. Legally, anyone else can use that image, including their competitors. So as an agency, especially, it's really vital that your clients understand if and how you're using AI and the risks that it creates, because that's true of both text and images. You do not own the copyright to this stuff. So it's just important to understand that and see if that creates risks for you. Again, for me as a small business, I don't really care, right? Half my images are stock photos that anyone can use anyways, right? A Canva template, it's used by a billion people. One of our pictures that's on our website, I just saw it on a holiday in billboard. So... <laughs> Right. We have appropriate copyrights, but not exclusivity. Right. So you just right. got to decide if you care and know what those sure. are. Um, but the other thing I think with marketing, too, is 
people do care more about privacy. There's more legislation around privacy and data and how it gets used. And we're also seeing even in the US, you know, people care more and more about this stuff. I posted there's this AI device that's like a wearable that you can use. And the first comments on my Facebook post were like, I would want to know how it processes the data. I'm like, man, that was not even on my radar, right? So I think you need to also think about the consumer privacy aspects. And a lot of consumers don't understand how digital marketing works at all, right? I can't tell you how many right. people, if I go into a room, any room, and I'm like, who here thinks Facebook listens to them to display ads? 50% of the hands go up, at least. And I'm like, guys, it doesn't. I promise you it doesn't. Not because Facebook is a client, but because of like math and how the world works, among other things, right? And people will swear up and down. They'll be like, no, 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 no. Let me tell you the story about how Facebook listened to me, right? And they have all these issues. It's just that the algorithms are so good and the data you do openly and theoretically knowingly give them access to is so strong. It seems like they're listening to you. And people take offense to that a little bit. So as a marketer, I think you do need to be careful about how you're showing people that you respect their privacy um, because people care about it more than they ever have. Right. No, absolutely. And and it's it's probably of note to mention that both you and I have lived in Europe, you most re more recently than I have. So you firsthand um, understand that their concern with privacy and the concern with um you know, cybersecurity and all those things that the, that, the, that data privacy thing is very um, more on top of people's mind in Europe and they're more on top of it. So let's move to trends. Social media continues to evolve rapidly, right? Based on your extensive and boy, 20 years is a lot. <laughs> what do you predict will be the key trends in social media marketing in 2024 and how can marketers leverage these trends? To, with, to engage with their audience effectively. Yeah, so I could talk about this stuff forever, right? But I'll give you a few big ideas. The first one I think is that where you're gonna see growth and opportunities is with the social networks you already participate on. You don't need to go chasing every shiny object to be successful. And this is true for a number of reasons, right? First of all, even if we look at TikTok, TikTok's been around since 2016, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, now 24, eight years, eight years has been around. This is, it didn't come out of nowhere. It's not that new, right? Social networks don't come out of nowhere and get mass following anymore. So this idea that I need, it's always changing. I need to follow the newest thing. It's complete nonsense. And it's something that's perpetuated, no offense, but by the social media community big time. Go into a social media group and be like, oh, I'm a plumber. Should I be on TikTok? Everyone's like, oh my gosh, yes, you're missing out. How could you ignore it? No, you don't need to be everywhere, right? Be where is strategic. And what you'll find is that, first of all, the feature set of most new social networks go into the main networks anyways right? So I don't know if you remember Clubhouse when that was all hot. Guess what? Everyone else built in audio and kind of killed it before it got started. Absolutely. Yeah. LinkedIn audio became huge immediately. Yes. And, but guess what happened? It died on the vine, right? No, it never really took off. So the other problem when you're chasing the hot trends is that a lot of these aren't going to take off. And so you're going to be investing a lot of time that does not have a positive return on investment. If you're a big company and you got time and money for that, do it, right? We need innovators who take a risk and learn. But if you're a business focused on growing your ROI, stay away from this nonsense. Um, the other thing is that in general, 
you have, if you're already on the biggest platforms, you'll have audience overlap on those new platforms anyways. Here's what I mean by that. Take Instagram, right? Let's say you're on Instagram, you're doing a great job, you're killing it, you know what success looks like. Then somebody's chirping in your ear, you need to be on TikTok, you need to be on TikTok. And you're thinking, oh, geez, am I missing out? Here's the deal. Most of the audience on TikTok is also on Instagram. So TikTok could be a good tool and it's a great tool for certain businesses. I'm certainly not trying to say TikTok is a waste of time. What I am saying though, is that if you're already on a channel that reaches that audience, what is the benefit of adding that second channel where you don't know how to succeed, you need a whole new type of content. And frankly, you're not likely to get a return on investment until you're out of the learning phase there. So I think marketers need to consider where they can get the best return on investment. And we're always drawn toward new things. Marketers like to create, but your best return will come from the foundational networks, the foundational channels that are proven for success. This is just how simple it is. So yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Look in the networks you already use for those opportunities because they'll build them out, right? Be the first in reels versus worrying that you're missing TikTok is how I would think about it. Um, All right. So I love it. Let's move to, you know, as we enter 2024, how do you see content marketing involving that piece? Are there particular types of content or storytelling that you think will dominate? You just mentioned reels. Is there anything that you see popping up? If there's what new features are you expecting? I guess that's another good question to follow up on that. Do you see any of the major social media platforms copying things from other tools um, to kind of effectively kill it? Kind of like what happened with Clubhouse or um, yeah. what are you seeing? <clears throat> I mean, I think we're still at the beginning of the vertical video play. Maybe not the beginning, but the middle. So I would, if you know, for me, that's where I would be betting in 2024 because so many businesses still aren't using it. Um, it's what you got to be careful because it's based on a different algorithm. So vertical video, whether it's on Instagram, YouTube shorts, or TikTok, it's based on a discoverability algorithm, right? So what makes it interesting isn't that it's literally a vertical video. People have been making vertical videos for a long time, right? What makes it interesting is it's a discoverability algorithm. What that means is that on traditional Instagram, the people who see my posts are the people who followed me, right? 90% of my views are going to come from my followers. On Reels, 90% of my views come from people who don't follow me. And the algorithm is so good at understanding your content consumption that it automatically shows you more and more stuff you're going to like, right? So that's where the play is, is that you can get, I mean, I hate to use the word viral, but it is truly viral reach. If you make something good, you'll reach far more people than the people that have chosen to follow you. And that's super unique. And we haven't had that since the earliest days of social media. So I would be investing in short video if, if, if I don't have a local oriented business, I would say the only exception is it's real tricky for local businesses. But if you don't have a local focused business, meaning people need to come to your physical shop, vertical video and that discoverability is huge. It's driving commerce. It shows it drives brand preference, all this stuff. So many businesses don't do a good enough job with that format. So from content, I would say, short video. The second thing I would say is speed. Figure out how to tell your messages faster, shorter, more succinctly. I mean, the whole thing about why these videos work is because your time investment is super low, right? Most of them, I mean, originally, I think they had to be what it was six or seven seconds. Yeah. Now you can post longer format. 
But when you look at the stuff that does best in the algorithms, a lot of it is shorter. So become a great short storyteller. Learn how to just like hit on those highlights. You see the best, uh, a lot of the best people doing vertical video give you the little ooh, wow, razzle dazzle, because that's all you can do in seven seconds, right? I can't teach you something meaningful in seven seconds, but what I can do is give you the highlights and say, hey, if you want to learn more, click this link and come read a whole sure. blog post or sign up for this. So I think get better at just that speed and stop wasting people's time with so many words, you know, especially these blog posts. <laughs> yeah. I blog posts. I'm like, I don't need your whole life story. How do I make this cake? Right? Right. No, absolutely. That recipe stuff that drives me nuts, but it's all SEO. Hey, we have a question from Gary. Yeah. He said, what are your thoughts on YouTube? No longer including links in short form videos. So YouTube has one of the lowest click rates anyways on links. I don't think it matters. I think you, what we need to understand is what's the purpose of each piece of, piece of content and do links matter anyways, right? So there's, uh, you know, a narrative I've heard in marketing for a long time is like, everything should have a call to action. Everything should have a link. No, I'm sorry, but absolutely not. If my purpose is just brand awareness, it doesn't need a link. If my purpose is nurturing, making you think my business is awesome, smart, valuable, you don't need, I don't need a link to convey that message to you, right? Think of the products you buy in the store, right? I'm 100% loyal to Tide. I used to work at Procter & Gamble. I have no need to go to their website, right? What would I do there? I don't want cleaning right. tips, right? <laughs> I just want your stuff to make my clothes clean. So I think it doesn't matter. I think we get real caught up in some of these details, but to, to me, I think one, I mean, look at Instagram, right? You have all these people doing the link in bio. I have seen people with huge accounts and the number of clicks on the link in bio and the number of clicks on the subcontent is so low anyways, because mm -hmm. I just don't think that's a user behavior necessarily on these platforms to go chasing something down, right? So I think you need to be really clear with yourself on the strategy and purpose behind your content. And I would, I would bet if you measured your links are not doing what you think they will anyways, a motivated person will work it out on their own. I was going to say, that's actually going to be my <coughs> advice to Gary and to anybody who's worried about that. If you deliver the right kind of content to the right people, they will find a way to DM you. That's where a lot of conversations are taking place. So even if you don't have that call to action, if you have amazing content or you have amazing information they will want to know you and they will connect with you they will follow you on linkedin they'll you know they'll they'll talk to you they'll come to your dm so i think that's less of a, a question um now gary has two follow-up questions he says i tell us to link to larger form content but i'm not seeing any benefit and then he says for TikTok, we established a vanity url that goes into every video until we can add links so you know that's that's a strategy right that's do you have any data? I mean, that would be my question. Like what kind of click through as Kirsten was saying, right? Um, are you seeing the click through? Is it worth it to work on those things or is it better and it's just to build that audience on that platform? And then once every so many weeks say, hey, by the way, I have longer videos here, you know, go follow me here kind of thing. Um, all right, yeah. Krista, I wanna wrap it up. Uh, I have a question for you for, if somebody is watching and listening, right, who they might be aspiring digital marketers or entrepreneurs, right? Maybe they're in social media and they're like, hey, I want to do more in the digital marketing space. I don't want to 
only do social media, uh, or I'm an entrepreneur and, and I need to know more about this stuff before I hire somebody, what essential skills and knowledge should they focus on acquiring in 2024? And then what's your advice on staying relevant for those who are already in digital marketing? So I think the number one skill that will lead to accelerated success is getting better at data and analytics. And those sound like intimidating words, right? Because there's like data analysts and data scientists. It's not difficult, I promise you. You don't need to be a numbers nerd for this to work. It's as simple as getting a mindset locked and implanted in that brain of yours where you look for data to make decisions. You look for data to say what is or isn't working. You know, one of the things I left in the conversation in the chat was Gary said, well, they tell us blah, 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 right? Who are they, right? <laughs> it's the marketing community, right? We're probably both sometimes they, but the thing is people will say all sorts of things and those are general best practices. Sometimes it's bad advice. Sometimes it's good advice. Sometimes it's good advice that just doesn't work for you. Sometimes it's mediocre advice that can work amazingly for you. The only way to know is by looking at numbers and using numbers to guide your decisions. The proof is in the numbers no matter what. And I think too many marketers aren't in the habit of using data to confirm what's working and not working. So data and analytics is super hot right now. I would say in terms of skill set. And then I think the next thing is content and creativity, being able to understand what's going to break through the noise. And it really comes down to human behavior, right? I think we spend too much time on the algorithms, the technical things, right? Oh, somebody told me I need to put a link in here, or I heard I should use emojis. These are true, but if you're taught, you can't optimize boring, mediocre content, right? I can have the right number of emojis, the right length of text. It can be a six second vertical video. But if I don't talk about something people care about, it doesn't matter. And I think a lot of the times people want the diet pill. They want those easy answers. Oh, make your text shorter, add an emoji, put a link here, tag other accounts. None of that will work if you don't have good ideas. But good ideas are hard. Good content is hard. It's not as simple as, oh, there's five emojis, check. So I think we got to get used to that creativity and strategic thinking that's needed to be successful, because that's also what separates us from the AI robots, right? AI inherently can't be creative because it only learns from what already exists. I don't worry, I don't lose any sleep over AI because I bring new ideas to the table. So if you can think about that, then that's where that's where you're gonna take that's where those are the two things that will definitely give you better results this year if you're in social and digital. That's a that's a great answer. And a, a great way to do that is if you're stuck on ideas to get together and do a brainstorming session with your team, bring in not just your marketing team, bring in your sales team, because they're going to have stories that you might not have never heard of customers using your product, using your services, right? Bring in your sales team, but also bring in your revenue team. So you get the data and you know what's selling. So those all these teams, all these people in your company have to talk and then you have to share the data in order to really know what people want. Gary, I really so appreciate you being here today. He said they, when he was referring, referencing them was YouTube um, and they're doing credit education for small business owners, I guess on YouTube and, and uh, uh, TikTok. So Gary, if you want to connect, let's talk about where you can find Krista. You already know where to find me because you're here live with us on Strategy Talks. Krista, how can people connect with you after watching this or listening to Strategy Talks? 
Yeah, I'm everywhere. You can search for, I'm pointing the wrong direction, right? There we go. It's hard to do this in a mirror. I'm at my name basically everywhere. I'm active on LinkedIn, Instagram. I have a Facebook page as well. So all of those are great ways to connect with me. Uh, Bootcamp Digital is my company. We specialize in digital marketing training. So we have tons of free resources and value that we give to our clients. So you can also pop over to our website, sign up. We do free trainings every month. We also have a newsletter where we give you tips and tricks and resources to implement some of the things we've talked about on this call. So check out Bootcamp Digital as well. And you can follow us to get resources and things that'll just help you to get sharper, smarter and continue to grow your success. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Krista. I'll be back next week with a with an expert on AI um, from Trinidad and Tobago. He, I met him in Suriname and he's going to be on my show next week. I can't wait to dive even deeper into AI um, with Leslie Fook. So um, Krista, I appreciate you being here. You and I have been connected for so long and I'm so glad you said yes immediately when I said, hey, do you want to kick off season three for Strategy Talks. Um, I, I hope you all enjoyed um, the new branding. I didn't mention any of that, but gone is the green, back is the blue. Um, and I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back next week. And this was an episode of Strategy Talks. Bye, everybody.